0: Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Central banks are increasingly
1: taking actions that may cause harm, that in order to mitigate the negative impact from central banks, it becomes necessary to authorize the circulation of a digital currency with a supply
0: that cannot be controlled by any central bank and is only altered in accord with
2: the objective and comfortable criteria. They can come after me, they can come after any
0: individual, I'll die on this hill, but they can't stop this idea, and all the individuals, everyone in this
3: room is going to fight for what's right. So glad! So glad! So glad! So
4: glad you can join us! so important and I hope you all can look yourself in the mirror and say you're improving humanity and don't you dare let anyone tell you otherwise.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Bitcoin. Today is August 4th, 2021. And we are talking how Austin became the Bitcoin mecca capital of Texas. That's right. I've been working on this piece for a few weeks now. I had the idea, you know, probably about a month ago. And it was really starting to take shape when I attended this Bitblock boom barbecue meetup that we had this past Friday. I had a chance to talk to Gary Leland. I had a chance to talk to other people at the meetup. It was just kind of circulating. You could kind of feel it where a lot of us were were saying the same things about Austin, about the Bitcoin space in Austin and about how it's growing and rapidly evolving. and, And it wasn't just me saying it. There's other people saying it. And very, very well-known people in the Bitcoin space, and I won't drop names, <laughs> you know, but people that you know, were also there saying the same things. And it's not a surprise, right? If we look at post-COVID, Austin has made a tremendous amount of headway. If you look just here at the local Austin Bitcoin community, um, we have a lot of Bitcoin developers builders, miners, creators, journalists like myself, quite frankly, all sectors of the industry are moving in herds to Austin. I put together a list, and you can check it out at thrillerbitcoin.com, where you have different companies like Coinbase, OKCoin, Tokenmetrics, Bitcoin Depot, Bitfury, Azure Partners, PayPal, Polychain Labs. The list goes on and on. Visa, Unchained Capital, Kraken, like the list goes on and on. There's so many companies here in Austin that are working here. It's not just Austinites that are saying that. You know, I was talking to Gary about it and he said the exact same thing. He goes, while Bitcoin is growing worldwide, it is growing in Austin at a rate faster than almost anywhere else I have been, right? And what is it about Austin? Like, what does it make it so special? that people want to come here. You know, We have these amazing kind of things about Austin, right? We, we have the attractions like uh, you can go hiking. <laughs> you can you can go on on the bike trail. Uh, you can go, you know to the rivers to swim, you can go canoeing. Uh, there's outdoor parks. There's music festivals all year round. There's a, a live music scene, an art scene. Now there's a comedy scene, thanks to Joe Rogan. <laughs> the list is endless, right? There's film festivals. Um, there's an, there's, there's a, an Austin movie scene. Like, there's, there's everything in Austin. And now we have the Bitcoin scene, quite frankly. And, and it's, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And one of the craziest things that we have seen is is Texas, in of itself, is looking like the place to move to. Quite frankly, you're seeing tons of people from California and New York and other places in the United States flock to Texas because of the crazy restrictions. And I'm not going to jump into the whole thing about what COVID is doing what mayors in New York are doing and what kind of passes they're requiring and all that stuff. You read the headlines. You see the conferences. You know how crazy it is out there. But the fact remains, people are coming to Texas because they see true freedom here. It's, quite frankly, the best place to live, in my opinion, in Texas. I've been around all all sorts of places here in Texas. And I, I just think, personally, Austin's the best place to live, quite frankly. But I'm biased as hell, right? If you look at what the people here in the city are saying, they're saying we're going to grow at a faster clip. Yeah, they actually actually think we're going to go they're going to grow at at a twice the rate than we are now. So let's talk about that first. Let's talk about why people are moving here, what that demographic looks like and and quite frankly what it is about Austin that that makes it unique.
3: Said that you know people move to Austin from all over the place to become who they want to become.
5: Ryan Robinson is Austin city demographer tasked with studying the numbers of the past and predicting the future
3: by 2040. It won't just be downtown in the domain, but you'll have eight or nine big vibrant. By 2040. We'll be kind of one big, indistinguishable urban map. Even though the city is very interested in crafting new housing policy and increasing our housing capacity and bringing people back in, we are. Competing with land value, land inside the city of Austin is going to be more expensive than it is in Kyle or Buda or East Round Rock or Leander. Median age is about 32, 32 and a half, and boy, is that going to change.
5: Younger baby boomers and older Gen Xers are moving to Austin. In fact, a recent study shows that one third of downtown households are occupied by boomers and Xers. Um,
3: by 2040, I think that we could have 20 percent of our population older than 65. I think that what it means to retire is changing, I don't think that people will be able to, A, afford or even be interested in, in fully retiring. They're going to want to sort of stay in the game. And if that's true, then places like Austin will become increasingly attractive for retirees.
5: There are entire neighborhoods in Austin with few to no kids, and experts predict that trend will continue. But there is a factor that could change that.
3: Millennials. Millennials have shown in, in, in study after study to greatly prefer an urban location. Will they still do that when they begin to have children? I think that. I think you'll see some of that, but I also think some millennials will go to the suburbs as well.
5: The next 20 years will undoubtedly bring change to Austin, but Robinson believes the thing that's made the capital city special for the 60 years he's been here is what will keep it special in 2040 and beyond the people.
3: It's a place where people feel um, free to be creative. Feel they feel free to follow their own religion to love who they want to love. and that might sound kind of corny, but I, I really think Austin is that place.
4: Oh,
6: oh, oh, oh,
0: Know what you're probably thinking now you're probably thinking like austin is some utopian fantasy <laughs> that's what you might be asking I, I know you're probably you're probably saying how does it all work car that doesn't sound real well it, it it simply does work i mean most people in austin will respect you enough to stay out of your business and that's just the truth but if it you know if, it, if you need a helping hand there's somebody to lend it, right? I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say Austin doesn't have its problems, because we definitely do. There's homelessness, there's traffic, there's police brutality, uh, there's gentrification. and, And all those things, if we really look at the root cause of those things, are all attributed to fiat currency. And this is where we go back to Bitcoin. In fact, it was John Maynard Keynes in The Economic Consequence of the Peace who wrote, There is no subtler, no surer means of overturning the existing basis of society than to debauch the currency. The process engages all the hidden forces of economic law on the side of destruction. And does it in a manner which not one man in a million is able to diagnose? You know, the truth remains is that everything is even better with our current governor. and he's making steadfast changes. and that's what we're going to talk about today, here in the front line.
7: The front line.
0: so back in june governor abbott has signed into law the virtual currency bill now that recognized the legal status of virtual currencies and that was the second state to do that right but what was interesting about that was that this now allowed the texas department of banking to send out an industry notice that let state chartered banks know that they have the authority to provide custody, safekeeping and services for virtual currencies. It basically became legit and it was disclosed. And that was a big thing, but a lot of people right now are slowly waking up to the fact that Bitcoin is this big thing booming here in this Texas region. And quite frankly, this whole region that we call the Texas Triangle is something that if you're from the from you're from this area, you kind of know about it. And, and this Texas Triangle is formed by the state's four main urban centers: Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, and Austin. And that's why Austin is such prime real estate right now, is because it sits in the middle of this Texas triangle. And it's all connected by these interstates, Interstate 45, Interstate 10, Interstate 35. And what we're seeing right now is we're seeing projected growth, you know, upwards in the 65% range an additional 24 million people leading to 78% of Texans living and working within this Texas triangle. And what's really fascinating is that the more and more people that come into this Bitcoin industry, especially with mining, because it's all over the place in the central region, right? And they're not just mining, you know, (laughs) they're not just using our ERCOT, (laughs) you know, which caused Snowpocalypse earlier this year, right? That was brutal. Uh, Thank God we survived that. No, they're actually using like, you know, natural gas, wind farms, solar, flare-ups, basically anything to offset the cost of my Bitcoin. And there's not just one company doing this. There's tons of them. There's Rotom. Compass Mining, Argo Blockchain, Winstone, Core Scientific, Quinbrook. I mean, the list goes on and on, but they're all in this close proximity or what we're calling this Texas triangle. And what's really fascinating is our governor is passing all sorts of laws to make sure that we are this Bitcoin mining industry that China has passed up on. So let's find out how Governor Abbott is trying to make Texas the premier state for the Bitcoin industry. Oh, mm-hmm.
3: I just signed a law creating a master plan for Texas to get involved in the blockchain industry.
6: If trouble was money, I swear I'd be a millionaire. Trouble was money, baby. Oh, I swear I'd be a
4: millionaire.
6: You know about the whole world, woman. Oh, i right by the whole world and have money to spare, yeah.
1: Sure, we passed uh, House Bill 1576 in Texas and House Bill 4474. Governor Abbott signed both of those bills just a few weeks ago. Uh, 1576 creates a blockchain working group to set out a roadmap for how the state of Texas is going to uh, invest in and take advantage of this technology. And House Bill 4474 uh, makes Texas the second state in the country to define what uh, blockchain and Bitcoin and other virtual currencies are for the purpose of the uniform commercial code. Um, And it also helps uh, define what it means to perfect the security interest in uh, Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies so that institutions can feel more comfortable getting involved. What other discussions are experts and lawmakers having about this technology? Sure, so um, The Texas Banking Commissioner, Mr. Charles Cooper, and he and his uh, attorneys there at the Texas Department of Banking uh, just a few weeks ago came out with uh, some guidance to Texas chartered banks, letting them know that if they have the proper uh, safeguards and custody operations in place, that they can custody cryptocurrency assets for their clients. And that's a really big announcement. It didn't get a lot of press, um, but people in the industry uh, definitely turn their heads and are recognizing that Texas is becoming a leader in blockchain innovation. Yeah, where do you where do you see the use of blockchain and cryptocurrencies? Uh, where do you see it being headed here in Texas? Sure, Texas can um, take advantage of this technology in quite a few different ways. First of all, um, Bitcoin mining is actually data centers that are running the algorithm uh, and hashing and creating uh new bitcoin and being rewarded block rewards when they mine bitcoin Um, that's an awesome way for texas to create jobs especially in rural areas uh, increase tax revenue Uh, there's several counties throughout the state of texas that are reaping the benefits of having those bitcoin mining data centers located in their rural counties uh, job creation and tax revenue lots of great things also um the supply chain sector is going to benefit from this technology greatly you know with texas um, with alliance and with houston uh, the port of houston there's going to be applications there um and and medical technology too with with medical records you know texas uh, dallas houston and austin are both are all three hubs of uh, medical innovation so we'll see medical records, uh, at some point in the next decade, move towards blockchain technology so that the patient could actually own their, their records and permission the access to that out to their doctors or specialists or whoever needs to see it.
2: Right there, that's where Emo's nightclub used to be. And it was the main punk rock venue for a really long time. This here is the Palm d'Or and the White Strikes played there before anybody knew who they were. Really, the idea to bring the music industry to come and see these great awesome bands performing in their native setting. Back then, life was pretty easy in a way because rents were really cheap. You could live on a part time job, it was great. So, there was a very vibrant art scene, you know, not just music, but also people making films and you know, painting and making sculpture. And it was a very bohemian atmosphere.
4: Shit. i no.
0: the premier conferences is coming up here in Texas and it's called the Texas Blockchain Summit it's actually coming up here in October the 8th of 2021 Um, it's put on by the Texas Blockchain Council the person that you just heard talking was Lee Bratcher he is the president of the Blockchain Council and one of the main reasons why we've been seeing a lot of growth here in bitcoin and the industry um that whole blockchain council has literally you know gotten to the legislator here uh for the state and has passed laws and working with the governor and senators and yeah it's a lot of work and it requires a lot of support and they've done everything they can to get these laws passed uh it's it's it's, it's quite a feat, you know, in all honesty. And this this blockchain summit that's coming up here in October, uh, I mean, you really need to think of it as a state of the union <laughs> for Bitcoin in the state of Texas. Uh, it, it's really that important. Uh, I, I think most people who are listening to this right now who are from Texas, who are in Austin and you're listening to this, like it's that important of a, of a conference because The people that are making the decisions are going to be there. Um, So technically, we are still in a quote unquote COVID crisis. But if you look at the Austin workforce, it's still growing faster than anywhere else in the country. And it is a magnet for innovation, brainpower and talent. Clearly. And since I've been covering the Bitcoin space here in Austin, I've seen it grow faster and faster year by year. It used to be a shitcoin town. <laughs> like Austin used to be a shitcoin town. But thanks to everybody, like everybody, it's slowly becoming orange. And we're attracting more and more Bitcoin companies. And the list is growing at a faster clip. Yeah. And that's what's keeping Austin, the Bitcoin mega capital of Texas. Okay. With that, let's get into Bitcoin. Hot Topics
4: Bitcoin Hot Topics.
0: So today in Bitcoin Hot Topics. We have three stories, just three, but they're probably the most important stories of the summer. Seriously. So the first one is a new crypto bill in U.S. Congress is the most comprehensive yet. This is coming from Coindesk and this is coming from Nick Day. Nick is probably the best guy they got there. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sorry. No, he's seriously, he's really good, Uh, especially when it comes to policy and it comes to regulators. He's always reporting like... The most concrete stuff out of CoinDesk, and I have a lot of respect for that guy. Um, yeah, I, I follow him on Twitter. I have my bell turned on. This this guy's really good. You know, if he's reporting on it, I'm listening. Um, so we can definitely take everything he's saying here. Um, you know, his track record just speaks for itself over the years. So according to him, a bill that's come in will allow the Treasury Secretary to veto the creation of stable coins. And direct regulators to define rules for decentralized finance and possibly create a charter for crypto exchanges among other measures the 58 paid digital asset market structure and investor protection act which uh, bayer introduced thursday seeks to create an exhaustive regulatory regime for digital assets it would do so in part by defining which sorts of cryptocurrencies might be securities which can be treated as commodities and bolster tax data collecting for reporting purposes. As such, the bill seems to address a long-standing desire from the industry for regulatory clarity. We always hear that all the time. But it seems to attempt to address these issues piecemeal. He goes on to say that this one covers multiple issues in one fell swoop and appears to have been thoroughly researched, even if certain provisions rankled crypto supporters. He says it's unclear what sort of support the bill has or, what a possible timeline for its passage might look like, but its depth and breadth has raised eyebrows in crypto policy circles. It also comes from a surprising source. Bayer is the chairman of Congress, Joint Economic Committee, and a member of the Tax Policy Making House Ways and Means Committee. Up until now, his involvement in digital assets appears to have been tangential at most. According to public records, his top two donors. And the most recent election cycle were the law firm of Akin Gump and the financial information provider IHS Marquette, both of which have done some work with digital assets, but focused on traditional lines of business. That's why I like Nick, man. He, He goes the extra mile when most journalists wouldn't go bother looking to see who's his top two donors. I would look for that information, but I love that Nick does too. The bill also appears to authorize the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Central Bank, to create a central bank digital currency. Likely in response to statements from the Fed's officials saying that they weren't sure they had the authority to do so under its current mandate.
7: Yeah, so last night the Senate finally unveiled the one I think, two trillion dollar infrastructure bill, and like a previous you know draft, it does look to tax uh, raise about twenty eight billion in taxes through cryptocurrency information reporting. Um, it is a little bit. You know tiny bit narrower than what we you know previously saw originally DEXs were going to be included as you know parties that have to file information reports um, Now it's just saying you know brokers are you know anyone who provides transfer services for cryptocurrencies. cryptocurrency So it's tiny bit narrower. It doesn't you know explicitly exclude miners or node operators or you know what have you uh, so, you know, there's a lot um If controversy still within the crypto industry, I think, you know, people are going to try and get language to the effect that, uh, you know, they specifically want those types of entities excluded because they can't provide information reports like exchanges can. And one of the senators working on this, Senator Rob Portman of uh, Ohio, has actually, you know, uh, he said in a press statement or his spokesperson has said in a press statement that they don't intend to capture miners and, you know, the like. So, I think the next step is seeing how that exactly makes its way into the legislative history of the bill.
2: Nick, you're right that everyone in crypto Twitter is talking about this, and there's been some media reports. Is the media getting this correctly, or is there something that they're getting wrong?
8: So,
7: I I don't want to point fingers, but there are a lot of reports out there saying that the issue here is... You know an increased tax on crypto that crypto people don't want to pay and that's not really the case right it's um you know it's not implementing new taxes it's expanding the definition of a broker meaning you know who is responsible for transacting here you know carrying out this transaction but it's doing so in such a way that parties that aren't you know what you would consider a broker uh, getting captured as well as actual exchanges so you know it makes perfect sense that exchanges otc desks and the like would have to file these reports they're providing transaction services on behalf of customers but you're not seeing you know uh, again miners and node operators for example um, as the big ones Uh, they're not providing transaction services for customers so it is a little bit more difficult to figure out how exactly they would file an information report and pay taxes on top of that okay so nick um I don't know if you caught Representative Emmer uh, just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, he he made a reference to, uh, to to what was going on with uh, with, with Don Byer. He he thinks that maybe perhaps somebody put him up to it, uh, and he hinted it might have even have been Treasury. Is that possible? Is some? It, did we have any indication that somebody, let's say in the administration itself, uh, may have just slipped this bill on Byer's desk and said, "Here, put your name on this." So um, I think generally speaking, you know, I'm sure congressional staffers interact with the Treasury Department or whichever department might have oversight of, you know, a specific issue when they're trying to draft a bill like this. And it's pretty clear that a lot of research and effort went into the bill, you know, just the sheer comprehensiveness alone suggests that um, I don't know if it's, you know, if the Treasury Department came up to the representative and said, hey, you know, we have this bill. We want to take, you know, complete control over uh, stable coins. Please help us out. Um, but I'm sure, you know, at some point they must have been consulted at least, you know, for a suggestion, you know, hey, if this were to be included, what would your views be?
0: So I think there's a lot to unpack there. First off, you know. Why is Coindesk speculating? <laughs> That's not like them to speculate. Uh, it's just totally not like them. Uh, they're doing my job, stop that. You know, you're putting me out of a job. Uh, second, that whole thing I thought was kind of funny with the whole infrastructure bill came out really fast. Everybody in the industry was talking about it. It really only affects shit coins, it, quite frankly. Yes, it affects Bitcoin in a certain extent when it comes to custody. But quite frankly, if Bitcoin's going to succeed, it's gonna succeed. That's how, I, that's how I fundamentally feel about it. And you should have your own wallet. You should have multi-sig. You should be doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. That's just how I feel about that. Um, another thing I wanna mention is you know, the WEF and CoinDesk are gonna be coming here to Austin next year for the consensus week uh, of, of, of events. And that's going to be a big thing. And I actually think that's the bigger news of the week, right? Is that the World Economic Forum is inside of crypto. (laughs) I didn't say Bitcoin inside of crypto. I think that's bigger news. And if you want more information on that, head over to ThrillerBitcoin.com. We did a whole article on it. And I think that's the bigger news of, of the week, quite frankly. Okay. Our next piece of news is SEC Chairman Gensler agrees with predecessor every ICO is a security. That's right. This is also coming from Nick Day. He says the SEC Chairman Gary Gensler has said that he believes the vast majority of crypto tokens are ICOs that violate U.S. security laws. It's coming from his mouth. In a speech at the Aspen Security Forum on Tuesday, Gensler said he agreed with Jay Clayton His predecessor, (laughs) oh, Jay Clayton, how I don't miss him. (laughs) He said that every ICO I've seen is a security. He goes on to say, generally, folks buying these tokens are anticipating profits, and there's a small group of entrepreneurs and technologists standing up and nurturing the projects, Gensler said in a prepared remark. I believe we have a crypto market now where many tokens may be unregistered securities without required disclosures or market oversight. You know, I think it's funny that he went out and said this at the same time when, you know, the bill got passed last week. What this what this means to me, ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, this is just from my experience covering the space, my experience covering the SEC, my experience looking at these markets and understanding what this is. This is him puffing out his chest. This is him you know, warning these these tokens. And now we call them utility tokens. <laughs> so this is him doing that. And what I, what I see right here, this is halftime, ladies and gentlemen. He's basically, and this is how I see it personally. No one's telling me this. This is just how I see it. He's calling halftime. He's basically saying you're on notice because at the end of the day, you have to remember the only thing that's going to happen to these utility tokens is they're going to get a speeding ticket. That's it. You know, they're going to get millions and, and, you know, close to a billion (laughs) dollars in in all this, you know, token, utility, raising, funding, you know, market making. And then they're going to get fined like, you know, 10 million, 90 million, 50 million, a speeding ticket. Right. So at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter. It's a joke. It's all in joke, <laughs> and that's and that's what most people don't understand. It, it's it's all just theater for the sake of theater, and uh, it's the same thing that happened during Clayton's, you know, uh, chairman residency, and it's the same thing that's gonna happen with Gensler's chairman residency. It's all theater, and nothing's gonna change. He's not he's not gonna go stop Uniswap. He's not arresting Hayden <laughs> from Uniswap. You know that's not gonna happen. Uh, I think the only thing that actually came out good from this is that, you know, it got Bitcoiners really excited um, because they interpreted this as they're going after, you know, you know, these crypto ICOs and, and utility tokens. And that's always good for Bitcoin. But in reality, that's not the case. They're just going to get fined. And, and and quite frankly, if you go read that article on Thriller Bitcoin, you'll see why that is. Also, one other thing, I think this is going to be the guy um, who's going to be passing the ETF Early next year I think he's going to be passing the first Bitcoin ETF And that's slated here The first quarter of next year um, Nothing nothing was said about that It's just It's clear that this guy's bullish on Bitcoin uh, Which is good for Bitcoin um, Not so good if you're um, You know A utility token project or whatever But good if you're Bitcoin Okay Okay So I just wanted to let y'all know that um, I'm sorry for the last episode that I uploaded. You know, I was doing an interview with a friend and I didn't realize how much cursing I did. Um, I'm really working hard on fixing that. And so going forward, I'm gonna try to, you know, not curse so much. And uh, it's something that I always battle with. Um, Just, you know, once I get to know somebody on a a friendship level, I, I get really comfortable. And so I apologize about that to all of y'all, whoever, you know, had to, you know, take that in. So I do apologize. Um, another thing I want to mention is stiller Bitcoin is live now so we have articles there everything's going to be posted there podcasts all the sorts so make sure to head over there on a weekly basis it's going to be updated <laughs> it's pretty awesome like it's it's, it's legit um, yeah I think it's pretty awesome and then also should mention we're launching our Thriller Lightning show this weekend yeah it's going to be really really cool uh, you should check it out uh, when I release it Yeah, thrillerlightning.com, so that's going to be a thing. All right, see you next time.